Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung. Hey everybody, it's Los. Welcome back. Uh, week 10 is almost in the books. One more game for the evening, over halfway through the season. Um, hope, you're, hope you're making your playoff push. Hope you're getting close. Yeah, and is it just me, or did we have some really, really good games this week? Probably some of the best of the season so far. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that midday was started off with that uh, that that Denver PAT return, and then we flowed right into three uh, three great midday games and into that amazing Seattle-New England game at the end. Yeah, um, so lots to talk about today on the show. By the way, a lot of waiver wire additions advice as well at the end. If you don't have time, you can always skip to that section uh, we got a lot of players there that can make a difference for your teams during the stretch run of the season getting close to the playoffs now just a few weeks out so let's get right into it uh first off of course the gillette close shave of the week there were so many good moments this week it was hard to pick just one um so i'll start with a couple quick honorable mentions ezekiel elliott's game-winning touchdown of course with nine seconds left in that dallas pittsburgh game uh, and then that controversial Denver uh, defensive um, returning that PAT attempt by New Orleans to win the game. But we're actually going to go with a uh, less talked about game right here. Uh, it's going to be Kansas City at Carolina. So after trailing early in the game by 17 points, the Kansas City Chiefs weathered the storm, scoring 20 unanswered points en route to a gritty comeback on the road. Midway through the fourth quarter, Eric Berry intercepted Cam Newton and took it back for a touchdown to give the Chiefs a chance. Then with the score tied 17-17, with only 29 seconds remaining in the game, Cam Newton completed a pass to Kelvin Benjamin, but before going to the ground, Marcus Peters just ripped the ball out of Benjamin's hands, setting up a short field goal for the Chiefs' win. Get your close shave like Marcus Peters with Gillette, the best a man can get. Our best blades for a few dollars a month. Fresh blades delivered to your door, no commitments. Yes, great choice for the close shave of the week. Uh, us zigging while others zag, going against the grain here at the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love Ezekiel Elliott. We were talking preseason about how he was one of my top picks overall. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's these little gritty defensive comebacks that kind of get missed in all, the, in all the highlight reels, you know? Defense wins championships. It's always been true. Yeah, and speaking of defense, I don't know how much of that we're going to see in the first matchup we're going to preview here. Thursday night football, New Orleans at Carolina. Yep, New Orleans goes into Carolina on a short week. Uh, they put up better than expected numbers versus Denver. This Carolina defense does not scare me. They shouldn't scare you or any of you. Uh, Breeze is a quarterback one. Cook, Snead, and Thomas all with similar work this week. Um, average to about four uh, catches on six targets for 50 yards for each. But two touchdowns went to Snead, one to Cooks. Thomas was actually involved in four turnovers, two fumbles lost, and then two interceptions with balls uh, sent in his direction that you would have liked him to try and get in the way of and break up, but that did not occur. It'll be interesting to see if he gets the Ingram treatment um, somehow I, I actually doubt it. Uh, all, all three of these wide receivers are, are low end wide receiver, mid to low end wide receiver, two types for me, all definitely startable. Um, somehow 
the running backs for this team did not have a big day versus Denver. I, I don't really know why Ingram 11 carries for 50 yards, two catches for 13 uh, high tower, eight carries for 21 yards, two catches for 34. They really should have run the ball more. Um, the Denver defense is hugely susceptible to the run. We've seen that just about every week this year. Uh, either of these, uh, th- this should be a running back two day for Ingram, maybe a running back three day for high tower. Yeah, I mean, Drew Brees looked like he was really uh, hassled by the Denver defense uh, in the first half of the game there, but, you know, he kind of settled in. Uh, offense really started heating up in the second half. He'll be fine on the road against Carolina. Um, to your point, Mark Ingram and Tim Hightower still splitting the work. Um, for me, both are kind of in that low-end RB2 range. We'll see how they fare against Carolina. And then, uh, you know, we kind of discussed this last week as well with uh, the Saints wide receivers. For me... It's still uh, Thomas, uh, you know, slightly above Cooks for me, about the same. They're both mid-end wide receiver twos. And I think Snead is still a flex for me despite the two touchdowns. It really seems like um, Drew Brees is going to Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks a little bit more. And then just a quick note, uh, you know, that one that one touchdown to Brandon Cooks, that was a dime by Drew, Drew Brees, a perfectly placed pass into triple coverage. That was incredible. I don't even know what to say. Mm-hmm. It's it, it was very nice. And for me, it's really a dice throw on these guys. I, I really don't think you can go wrong either way. The separator here is going to be who's going to get the fluky touchdown when they're in the, when they're in the red zone. Yeah, and I think it's still going to be be Michael Thomas. He's got the size. Uh, Breeze likes to short, uh, excuse me, throw that quick, short little slant uh, from the slot. So I, I think it's still Thomas for me. Yeah, he's he's got that Marcus Colston build that they've been looking for. Um, it was supposed to be what was the guy they drafted last year? I can't think of his name, but, uh, but uh, talking about a few years ago, Brandon Coleman. Yeah, Brandon Coleman. That's the one. Two years ago, I think you're right. Yeah, he, absolutely, he's still on the um, roster, but uh, he's just depth at this point. No. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Carolina side of the football, Carolina got away from Jonathan Stewart, who'd been having a great year so far, filling in as the full-time running back. Uh, they should get right back to him this game. I think they learned their lesson. Uh, there was too much rushing by Cam Newton, uh, 12 rushing attempts. It's not safe. He doesn't feel safe out there. So let the man feel safe. Uh, this should be a bounce back week for both of them. Um, should be a big week coming for Kelvin Benjamin, of course, and Greg Olson, their number ones in their position, wide receiver one, tight end one. Um, neither Jin nor Funches had big days versus New Orleans earlier this season, and I think they should split each other's value right down the middle again. Um, only if you're desperate, maybe uh, Ted Jin again, just because he has that real, real-time deep threat sort of value there. But you know, only if you're desperate, really need to make up uh, risk-reward big-time points. Yeah, uh, real quick uh, before we before I move on to Carolina, I, I just forgot to mention also Kobe Fleener. He's been pretty quiet. Uh, he's got a ton of upside in this offense, but right now he's he's a droppable tight end too. There's just too many bust weeks uh, in between the boom weeks, and, and I don't know how you can trust trotting him out there. But on the Carolina side, uh, you know I've never kind of believed in Jonathan Stewart as an RB one. He's he's always been kind of that mid end to low end RB two, but certainly in this matchup, he's got a ton of upside. Um, New Orleans, uh, you know, their defense is going to be tired on a short week. I think uh, Stewart is that kind of pounder where uh, as the game continues, he kind of just wears down that defensive line. So certainly like him in this matchup. Um, And then, yeah, Kelvin Benjamin, he's been fairly consistent. We just haven't really seen those big games since early on in the season. Uh, But I could see a decent week for him here, though. He's a low and wide receiver, too, for me with a high floor and a high ceiling. I agree. Uh, I'll take Carolina. 
Carolina gets in gear and beats New Orleans at home. Uh, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Big Ben is back. 408 yards, three touchdowns versus Dallas. He did him real dirty with that fake spike touchdown throw at the end of the game. Brown's, of course, a wide receiver one. Bell's, of course, a running back one. Ladarius Green returned this game, had three catches on four targets for 30 yards. They went to him in a two-point attempt uh, early in the game. They want him in this offense. They went to him again down the middle of the field trying to make a quick strike for a good game. He's six foot six. He's a big body guy. Uh, oddly, James and Grimble still combined for five catches and 64 yards as well. Um, this was another week of zero catches for Coates and uh, Rogers, four catches, 42 yards and a touchdown on five attempts. Uh, it may be time to get away from Sammy Coates, especially as I think they're going to use green and James more in this game plan, um, as well as still getting the ball to Eli Rogers. Uh, regardless, this is going to be a bloodbath in Cleveland. Yeah, um, I don't have much to add. You're starting Ben, Le'Veon, Antonio, uh, but it, it's really going to be kind of inconsistent for the other receiving options. Certainly, Eli Rogers has PPR upside, um, and I think Sammy Coates is still going to be that boomer bust wide receiver four. He hasn't converted on any of those deep passes, but he's been open on them. He just needs to, you know, work on his hand-eye coordination. Uh, one of the most important things for a wide receiver to have, and and I I'd agree that. Um, that priority pickup here is Ladarius Green, especially if you need tight end help. Um, again, to your point, even though uh, Jesse James and Xavier Grimble were involved, um, Green had four targets here in his first game active this season. Uh, the sky's the limit if his usage ramps up. He's got top five tight end upside in a year where tight ends kind of just the top guys and then everyone else. So he has that you know playmaking ability to really separate himself here. Um, even if he eventually only plays like 70-80% of the snaps, uh, he's going to have a high ceiling. Pittsburgh, especially this week, they're going to want a statement win after that deflating loss to Dallas. And I could definitely see Mike Tomlin just keeping his foot on the gas in this game. Yeah, I can't really t I can't really separate him or you know look at him much differently than a Kyle Rudolph or Fyodorowicz sort of high risk, high reward sort of guy. But you know, we, we knew that you liked him much more than I did. Yeah, I mean, you knew I loved him uh, even in the preseason shows that we yep. did. I, I honestly think he's got like Jimmy Graham type upside. And he's he's gigantic, but he hasn't shown me anything yet in his career. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. By the, but here's the thing. I'm saying as a preemptive pickup, because after he has one of those games, you're not getting him for free. No, 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 no. But definitely try and get him on the cheap while you still can. Um, only if you have a roster spot. If you're if you're, you know, really fighting and. Need, need everybody on your team I, I wouldn't go you know go crazy or anything yeah uh, cleveland you, side of the football well, sorry I real really quick close uh i was just gonna say especially if you have like a seven and three team something where you're, you're pretty guaranteed to make the playoffs oh, yeah. and and you know you want to stash that upside uh, th those are the kind of rosters where i would definitely take a shot on them yeah that's a good idea there definitely um all right cleveland i really thought they had a shot versus baltimore but they they stink uh, if there's a silver lining, the offense will need to keep throwing versus Pittsburgh this week. Crowell and Duke only had 11 combined carries versus Baltimore, and this could be the same song and dance versus Pittsburgh. They're both just low-end flexes where I like Crowell a little bit more than Duke just because he gets the more consistent touches. Um, Pryor couldn't break free versus Baltimore, but still got the looks. Five catches on nine for 48. Pittsburgh's defense is worse. Pryor may have a uh, may just have a day. He's a high-end wide receiver, too. Possibly low-end wide receiver, 
one with what we know about uh, Elshon Jeffrey and how bad Brandon Marshall is going to be with Bryce Petty. Um, Coleman may be worth a look at flex. I prefer his upside to either of the running backs this week in a PPR league. Uh, Gary Barnage has become a complete and utter afterthought to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, I really don't have all that much to add with Cleveland. I agree that Pryor is really the only guy I would trust to start. Um, definitely high upside for Corey Coleman as a flex play. Uh, certainly, you think they're going to be in catch-up mode for most of this game. Um, give me Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're going to eat their children. All right, next game is going to be Baltimore at Dallas. Baltimore beats Cleveland with minimal contest. Dallas defense has gotten better through this season. I'm expecting a lot of ground and pound in this game from both teams. Uh, last game, West 21 carries for 65 yards plus one catch for 12 uh, to six carries for 38 yards for Dixon, who added five catches for 42. Uh, West will hold on to low end running to back to value where Dixon, I think, is an interesting flex play in a PPR as they look to work him into a larger part of this game plan. The Dallas secondary is clamped down like I said this year. Uh, so I really don't love any Baltimore wide receiver this week. Maybe Steve Smith, if you, if you need him, if you're desperate, but I, I like the running backs both this week. Yeah. You know, I'm actually going to go the other way here. Um, for me, kind of Dixon, he's quickly outperforming Terrence West. Now that his knee is healthier. I, I think he's a priority waiver wire ad. If he's still unowned in your league. Um, and we'll talk more about those uh, waiver wire guys at the end of the show. But I, I think Dixon's the better play in PPR. He's certainly a better receiver uh, than Terrence West. Um, and then moving on to the receivers, I think Mike Wallace and Steve Smith, both flex plays here. Um, you're expecting Dallas to kind of dominate the time of possession. They're just, their running game is so good. Uh, I don't see a ton of upside here for any of the receivers. And then again, Dennis Pitta, he's, he's sunk back into just random tight end two territory, really not getting a ton of usage. Uh, not even in the red zone and, you know, couldn't even get it done against Cleveland. Yeah, Trustman's gone. Gone are, gone, long gone are the days of Crockett, Gilmore, Max Williams, and Dennis Pitta getting touchdowns in, in, uh, in Pittsburgh, or, uh, Baltimore. Yeah, um, and then how about on the Dallas side here? Sure. Uh, word is Romo is going to be absolutely okay being the backup. And I think it's the right play for right now after a nice showing, another nice showing for Dak Prescott versus Pittsburgh. He's managing this team, making the right throws, staying out of trouble with his legs, uh, extending the plays. He worked Des into the game even six catches for uh, six catches on nine targets, 116 in the touchdown. Uh, this is a, this is a very fun team to watch. Des has established himself as a low end wide receiver one thanks to Dak. Beasley and Witten are still uh, still producers with good floors. The unfortunate thing for Beasley, he had a few a uh, few drops this week, which made him look a little worse than he actually should have been this week. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, he speaks for himself. What the heck am I going to say? He looks darn good behind that old line. 21 carries, 114 yards, two touchdowns, plus two catches for 95 yards. One, a phenomenal screen and run with that amazing old line blocking out in front of him, which went for a touchdown. I think that was an 84 yarder. Yeah, um, I, th I think we're going to need to change our tagline from it's a fantasy world to it's Zeke Elliott's world. Uh, because, and we're just living in it. Yeah, I mean, he's just dominating. Uh, you know, this guy is a stud. Uh, you know, one of the stats that that's been floating around out there on the on the Twitter universe is you know he's one of three rookie running backs to ever eclipse a thousand yards in his first nine games, along with Eric Dickerson, Adrian Peterson. Certainly, good company to be in. Um, and yeah. Then, yeah, Dak Prescott, he's a legit fantasy Q QB one right now. Should be owned in all leagues. Um, you know, Des, he's, he's returned nicely if you held on to him or if you picked him up off the waiver wire. 
Um, he's been getting, you know, most of his production on those big plays, but that's that's what he does. And it's a good sign that he and Dak are showing chemistry and that Prescott's willing to take some more chances on these 50-50 balls that does um, agree that he's a low-end wide receiver one this week and going forward. There we go. Uh, give me the big D. Yeah, Dallas uh, going to 9-1 here. There we go. Uh, Jacksonville goes into Detroit. Blake Bortles could have beaten Houston, uh, despite looking like crap for most of the game again. Such such a bad real life quarterback right now. I do think he'll right the ship. He's he's young. He's 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 going to be okay. Um, he dug too deep a hole with a pick that came off of. Uh, TJ Yeldon's foot got kicked into the air up to uh, U of I's own Whitney Merciless, who ran it back for a touchdown. And that hole was just too big to come out of in this game. Um, I'd really look elsewhere. Maybe Dak Prescott, though. I don't I don't love him this week against the Pittsburgh's or against the Baltimore secondary. But I like him more than Blake Bortles. Um, he's having an Eli like season. The talent around him makes him look better than he actually is, specifically Allen Robinson. Uh, I thought Ivory was going to have control of this backfield with the new offensive coordinator. It looked like a more uh, more dominating running attack, but he does not. It was an even split with Yeldon. Both went uh, nine carries. One had 32 yards. One had 33 yards. They're flexes uh, for me right now at best. Allen Robinson is at least a wide receiver, too, for me at, at least each week. I love his talent. I can't get away from him. Um, he's He saved me this week in one league. Hearns will be a full participant this game, so no other wide receiver options to follow with Hearns being there. I think that devalues both he and Marquise Lee. Yeah. I, you know, I, I believe I actually took, um, Jacksonville in our pick em last week when we were recording. Uh, so, you know, I certainly thought that they could win that game as well, but, uh, they should have. Yeah, but uh, regardless, uh, you know, at Detroit this week, certainly should be plenty of garbage time again in this game for Blake Bortles, especially against a, a rather mediocre linebacker and secondary core, um, even if Darius Slay comes back for them. Um, and then you know, to your point, both of the running backs is just flex plays. You can't really trust them. I, I really hope that if you are starting them, it's only due to buys or injuries because your, your team is likely not in good shape if they are your uh, weekly flex play. Um, and then Allen Robinson, that, that target volume has always been there, but they just converted some more plays. He's still, he's still in that wide receiver two territory, just purely from all those targets that he gets every week. Yeah. He's a, he's a poor man's Mike Evans. Yeah. That, that's not a terrible way to go about it. Um, how about the Detroit side here? Sure. The blue and silver coming off a bye should be a good week for Stafford, Tate, and Ebron. I'm interested to see mostly if Marvin Jones Jr. can get it together this game. Um, there shouldn't really be anything on the other side of the football stopping him. Uh, Riddick and Washington have a committee in this backfield. I think Washington may get 15-plus carries here and may be worth a flex. Of course, I like Riddick in a PPR. Yeah, um, you know, I echo all these sentiments uh, from me. You know, Matthew Stafford, you're certainly trotting him out there against Jacksonville. Uh, he'll be my starter in one league for sure. Um, should be a good week for him and Golden Tate and Eric Ebron. My, my concern with Marvin Jones is that, one, he's not getting the target share that he was the first few weeks. And two, Jalen Ramsey's quietly been very good in coverage for Jacksonville. Again, that kind of scares me. I would definitely fade Marvin Jones again this week. Um, would not start him as anything more than a flex or a wide receiver three or four right now. Uh, and then the running backs, uh, of course, it's Riddick's, uh, you know, he's the starter here. But Dwayne Washington is an interesting name to monitor. Uh, he's another guy that I'm going to talk about more at the waivers section at the end. But he should be the goal line back and he'll get some opportunities to punch it into the end zone, particularly against Jacksonville. I expect Detroit to 
to win this game handily, although, you know, we've all seen bad Matthew Stafford before, so who knows? It might be a closer game than we think. Um, but I'll take Detroit here. Yeah, your NFC North uh, leading team will continue leading after this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, next game up is going to be Tennessee at Indy. Yeah, Mariota's starting to really put it together behind this running attack somehow. Uh, 295 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, while actually only completing 19 passes. He's a smart commodity to stash in a dynasty, but he isn't getting the volume yet, and you can't pay for him this week after a four-touchdown day. Don't go trading for him just now. Uh, Murray, 17 carries for 123 yards and a touchdown despite ankle pain leading into the game. Henry actually came back. Derrick Henry, nine carries for 31 yards. This is a good sign for Tennessee going forward. Delaney Walker again making people look very smart and Richard Matthews making me look smart. Congrats if you took that stab at him. Three catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Very fluky. Still low volume. Very lucky guess on my part because actually Tizay Sharp also had three catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. I still don't like either of them. Um, we should see a similar game plan here versus Indiana as there was in the Green Bay game. Run it out and Mariota might be able to you know throw some touchdowns here and there. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a shootout here uh, in the AFC South matchup. Uh, Mariota, he's a firm quarterback one right now. He has been the last six weeks. Um, of course, you're starting DeMarco Murray and Delaney Walker. And then Rashard Matthews has kind of this, excuse me, has kind of established himself as, you know, the number one wide receiver, quote unquote. He'll be a decent flex play. And then just a quick side note that I'm going to keep repeating until I see his ownership percentage rise. Derrick Henry needs to be owned. Um, one of the most important handcuffs in you know football right now, uh, probably a low end RB one if uh, anything happens to Marco Murray, and then also an interesting stat that I was talking to our producer Dan about. Um, Demarco Murray uh, scored 351 points in PPR back in 2014 when he was the number five overall fantasy player. Uh, he's currently scoring 21.8 points per game in PPR leagues. Uh, he is on pace to score 349 points for the season, just two points fewer than that 2014 total. So, hmm, interesting. Yeah, uh, if you if you drafted Demarco Murray, you're certainly very happy this year. Oh yeah, you took him in the third round. Yeah. Um, how about on the Colts? Luck has not been great with. T.Y. Hilton singularly or Dante Moncrief singularly until the fourth quarter, of course, where he gets away and gets a bomb in there. Uh, now we get to see if he uh, can be good with them both fully healthy. I'm not really that optimistic, to be honest. Gore is a solid running back one here for me, and Hilton and Moncrief are both worth starts definitely at, at wide receiver two, but I'm not expecting a ton of time of possession for this team. I'm really expecting them to uh, get, get bowled over by Tennessee in the run game. No, I, you know, I actually think that this bye week is going to help Indianapolis a lot. Uh, you know, I've always liked Dante Moncrief a lot, uh, and I think that he's really going to help out the offense in general. You know, he's one of those big middle-of-the-field targets that Andrew Luck needed, um, and as long as the line can just hold up for a little bit, uh, and Tennessee, you know, they've got a good pass rush, but we saw Aaron Rodgers was able to really carve them up after they took that big lead. Um, Andrew Luck, he's a QB1 for me against Tennessee. Hilton's a low-end wide receiver one, and I like Moncrief as a pretty solid mid to low end wide receiver too. Um, and then for mm. me, Frank Gore is just outside my RB1 list, but certainly we'll be starting him as a pretty solid RB2 option. Okay. It's, it's sounding like we're diverging on this game. I think uh, Tennessee's going to de- dominate with about 65%, maybe 70% time of possession and win this game. 
Yeah, I don't think the split's going to be quite that bad. Um, I, I certainly see them, you know, kind of keeping Andrew Luck out of the game, trying to run the ball a lot. Uh, but I also see Andrew Luck having plenty of success against this Tennessee secondary. I'll, I'll take Indianapolis in this game. All right. I think that's our first uh, our first opposite pick this week, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think the Colts at home coming off their bye, you know, I think they're going to somehow come out with this. Sweet. All right, Buffalo at the team playing right now, the Cincinnati Bengals. Buffalo's had two weeks to game plan for this game, and I think they can get after Andy Dalton. Uh, McCoy should keep rolling as an RB1. Robert Woods has established himself as the top receiving option and needs to be owned, if not started, in all leagues. Yeah, I'm pretty shocked, too, that Tyrod Taylor isn't owned in every league. He's been a top-10 quarterback through 10 weeks. He's played well, even at Seattle in that last game. Um, and then for me, you know, obviously McCoy is an RB1, but Robert Woods, he's just still a flex play. I don't know that he needs to be started, uh, but he's certainly the go-to guy in this offense, and he's got upside week to week. Um, for me, he, you know, that deep, or excuse me, that offense is still very run-based, and I think that uh, the opportunities aren't just quite there for Robert Woods as a consistent starter, uh, but certainly worth a flex play with upside. Sure. Uh, on, on the uh, orange and black side of the football, as I foreshadowed, I don't love Andy Dalton this game. I think may have to fade A.J. Green a little bit. Of course, you're still starting him. Of course, he's still a low-end wide receiver one. Um, both the running backs, I think, uh, may be worth a flex sort of option here. I think Jeremy Hill has the better day of the two, actually, this game versus Buffalo in what should be a low-scoring contest of a grueling uh, grueling beat-em-up sort of t- uh, sort of game. Um, Tyler Eifert is a, is a tight end one, though. He's a man to watch. He, he's already busted loose this game versus the Giants. Um, he was money his first game back. He's really darn good. Yeah, I actually don't mind Andy Dalton and A.J. Green as much as you seem to this week. Uh, Dalton's a, a decent quarterback, too, with upside for me. And then on the running backs, uh, it's still Geo for me. I think that he's kind of taken over that lead role. We've seen some Hill already this game, but I just think that Geo's the better runner right now, and, and they're going to use Eifert in the red zone. Um, so this will help Jeremy Hill because I think he's going to see fewer defenders when they do run near the goal line. Um, so for me, Green's still a wide receiver one. And then, of course, Eifert's in that top five tight end conversation. Um, yeah, I, I think this will be a close game, though. But I, I think Buffalo takes this on the road, actually. They've been playing really well. Yeah, I think they, they've had long enough to game plan this. They get they get uh, their act together. And Rob Ryan puts together a good, uh, solid defensive outing somehow. All right. Um, next game here, Tampa Bay at Kansas City. The return of Doug Martin, a little or a lot less flashy than his prior turns, but it was enough to steal Barber's value uh, right away. Martin should be the go-to guy versus Kansas City and a low-end running back one for workload, even though Kansas City's a good defense. Um, Doug Martin should be a running back one for the rest of this season, especially with those juicy matchups coming. Not a huge day for Mike Evans with four catches for 66 yards, but we knew Chicago's defense was better than advertised. Uh, He's the only wide receiver I'd start on this team, especially with Doug coming back and uh, going to be dominating, you know, the, the game, the, the game, the offense will start to run through Doug Martin. Uh, we told you Winston liked Brait. It's your fault if you chose not to listen. Seven catches on seven attempts, 84 yards and a touchdown. Trot him out there. He's he's a he's a good tight end to own. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I would avoid Jameis Winston this week if you can. He's been a pretty solid, you know, low end QB one on the season, but at Arrowhead, a very poor matchup, especially when he's been turnover prone at times. 
Um, and, and not a lot of garbage time upside either as the, this Kansas City defense is just continually improving every week. Um, for me, Martin's an RB2. We saw that Kansas City was really able to shut down Jonathan Stewart, but certainly good to see him back out there. I have him on a couple teams. Uh, and Mike Evans, uh, a quiet week, but you know, if four catches for 66 yards is his floor, you'll take that. Um, That's called 10 points. Yeah, you'll, you'll be very happy with that. He's still a top five wide receiver. Um, and then, yeah, Cameron Braid. I don't see how he isn't a low-end tight end one at this point in the season, uh, given how much Winston targets him every week, particularly near the goal line. Um, I, I think he's relatively reliable at this point. Very good. Very good. Uh, this Kansas City defense led to a win over Carolina late, as you talked about. Um, this Alex Smith-led offense, of course, there's not as much wide receiver value here, as, as we all know. Um, except for Hill had 10 catches on 13 targets, surprisingly high percentage of the targets for the deep threat sort of guy, 89 yards. This is an unreliable line to count on. He, he is a playmaker, though, and may be worth a dice, worth, worth a dice throw versus Tampa Bay's secondary. Uh, Spencer Ware with fewer carries than expected, but only only two went to Charkandrick West. Where's still the guy? He's a low-end running back one this week versus Tampa Bay. Uh, start the Kansas City defense. They are hot right now. Kansas City is rolling. Yeah, and plus, you know, you mentioned Spencer Ware. Was, didn't have a huge day, but again, this was his first back, uh, excuse me, first game back, too, from that concussion. So certainly still getting back into the, the swing of things. I think he's definitely a solid low-end RB1. Uh, this Tampa Bay defense certainly had trouble stopping uh, Jordan Howard this past week. And, and on a purely objective basis, I do think Spencer Ware is a better running back and on a better team. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he certainly has the upside uh, worth a flex play if you need him. Uh, I just don't know that any of these wide receiver options are consistent enough to be counted on. Um, love Travis Kelsey this week. He was wide open in the end zone and Alex Smith didn't see him in that Carolina game. Uh, had Shocker. Not, yeah, I know, right? Uh, of course, uh, Alex Smith took the check down instead. Um, and then he also <laughs> did get a target in the end zone, but it was overthrown by Smith or else it would have been a touchdown. So I, I think a big week is coming for Travis Kelsey as well. Um, I almost didn't know he was capable of overthrowing. <laughs> yeah he just you know that's exactly why he doesn't want to throw those uh you know those kind of jump balls right because I, I think yep. he wants to check it down you know take not not take those chances but yep um you know I've, I've been touting the kansas city defense for a couple weeks now um they've been rolling and, and i think you know when justin houston gets back that's when they're really going to start putting up those top three weekly de- defense uh performances um, somehow they're owned in the vast majority of leagues, but not a hundred percent of leagues. Uh, if they happen to be available, uh, you need to add them ASAP. Uh, it's going to be a bloodbath against Jacksonville. Yeah. I, I, or, I'm I sorry. Agree. Tampa Bay, Kansas city. Yep. All right. Um, wait, aren't they playing Tampa? Yeah. Sorry. I, I meant Tampa, <laughs> but you know, Hey, the other Florida team, that's <laughs> exactly. not in the AFC. All right, here we go. Can we skip this next game? We don't need to talk about it, do we? We don't need to talk about this next game a lot, do we? Uh, I don't know. I hate this team. I I actually went into today hating the Chicago Bears, but but now I'm just completely dead inside with the new news of Alshon Jeffrey, and I'm completely numb. Uh, The Bears show you a glimmer and then rip it all away. Jay is trash. 182 yards and a touchdown, but also two interceptions, of course, in a very Cutler-like line. Uh, Jordan Howard, 15 carries, 100 yards, and surprise, he has an ankle and or Achilles injury. So you're definitely going to need to keep an eye on that. Kyle Long, Pro Bowl guard, also carted off the field 
with an injury and out for the season. All wide receivers put up bad numbers due to Jay Cutler's ineffectiveness. Elshon Jeffrey got nine targets, which is nice, except he's going to miss the next four games due to steroid abuse or drug use or whatever it might be. I don't know, and I don't really care. Zach Miller had seven targets. I guess play him. He's he's the really only guy I'd, I'd consider, except now we get to complicate things with Cameron Meredith and Eddie Royal maybe being back from injury. Oh. Finally, I, I don't I don't want to talk about the Bears anymore. You, this is all you. All right. Um, well, I, I've had more conversations about Jay Cutler in the last 24 hours than I, I'd like to. So I'm just going to leave it at the fact that he doesn't need to be owned outside of very deep leagues or two quarterback formats. Um, and who knows about Jordan Howard's injury? It's John Fox. We're not going to hear anything about it until we absolutely have to. If he's healthy, Howard is the guy. But if he's out, it's going to be kind of a messy committee. Um, I, I guess I would take Langford and PPR, and they do like Kadeem Carey, so I would prefer Carey and Standard. Uh, really, it's up to you. Both are just going to be uh, RB, RB3, RB4, or flex options for you. Um, yeah, and the big news here that broke this afternoon, Alshon Jeffrey suspended the next four games for violating the league's PED policy. Um, he will be eligible to return after four games of suspension. Um, that means Green Bay in Week 15 and Washington Week 16. Uh, both of those games are going to be home games in Chicago. Uh, my opinion on it is he, Alshon Jeffrey is worth holding if you have a playoff spot uh, pretty much locked up. Again, kind of like what we talked about in that Ladarius Green situation. Um, in those cases, you're kind of hoping for upside stashes. You know, you don't need those uh, weekly guys who are just going to sit on your bench if you have reliable starters. Uh, that said, I, I would look to sell if you can. Um, you know, trade deadlines coming up in a lot of leagues. Do you really want to trust Alshon Jeffrey in his first game back from suspension against Green Bay, and then you know facing off against Josh Norman in, in the championship game week sixteen? I just I don't know how you could you know fully trust that. Um, for me, I, I'd be adding Cameron Meredith while I, where I can. I, I think he's going to assume that outside role, and he can put up wide receiver three numbers if he sees you know, the amount of targets that Jeffrey got um, in his absence. I, I think that Zach Miller also gets kind of an uptick in value or production as a reliable check down target for Cutler. We saw him get some garbage time PPR points in, in that last uh, drive or two against Tampa Bay. So for me, uh, you know, it's Cameron Meredith and, and Zach Miller, and then we'll see how Eddie Royal does. I, I just don't know if you can trust his health either. Yeah, instead of watching this game, I'm just going to watch Rex Grossman highlights and listen to Panic at the Disco. <laughs> All right, um, but but would you agree that Cameron Meredith is worth a pickup, though, if he was dropped? Yeah, de definitely. He's he's shown himself to be effective. Um, somebody's got to catch passes in this in this game, definitely, and the Giants' defense isn't really a shutdown secondary or anything like that. Okay, um, yeah, speaking of the Giants tonight, you know, Eli has been... Uh, inconsistent for the season, but he had a nice touchdown pass uh, here to Jarrell Adams in the first quarter. And then, uh, you know, the pass rush is coming on well. We're, we're seeing them doing a little bit better. And, and for me, you know, Eli is a high-end QB too. Uh, I don't know that, you know, you can trust him fully after his brutal start to the season. Um, and then, of course, you don't, you don't love any of these running backs. Perkins is a flex play if I had to pick one, but Jennings is uh, the main guy on the ground, but he's losing touches every game. Uh, really, you're starting Odell Beckham, and then Sterling Shepard is a flex consideration as well. And then in, in deeper dynasty leagues, uh, we'll see about Roger Lewis. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing to add there for me is that Chicago's defense, as, as we've said every week, that, that is the one thing that does look promising in, in Chicago, is that this defense has been better than, than expected. Not good enough to shut down Odell Beckham, though. I, he, this may be like a 200-yard day for him. Yeah, although I, I will say that, uh, you know, in, in a you know daily uh, sort of format uh, as a GPP play, uh, the Chicago defense, um, they've been getting a lot of pressure on the QB and, you know, you, we could get like four or five sacks on Eli. He certainly tends to, you know, make some turnovers when uh, when he's under pressures, but maybe this is just me being an optimistic Bears fan. <laughs> No, I, I agree. I actually think that uh, the Giants are going to underperform this game to expectations, but there's always the chance. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I mistakenly thought Chicago would win against Tampa Bay. I will take the Giants here. Yeah, give me give me the New York football Giants. Um, Arizona drives into Minnesota. I guess they're probably going to fly to Minnesota. Regardless, the Cardinals are not a good team, but they may just be good enough to beat Minnesota. Palmer again looked like a scared child at the end of this game. He did his best to give it away before that final drive. David Johnson, 19 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown with five catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. He's too good. He's just too good. Top five running back. I hope you started Fitz and Floyd. Um, 12 catches. For 133 yards for Larry Fitzgerald, five catches for 101 yards for Floyd. Brown is an afterthought right now, especially especially in this coming game versus Minnesota. J.J. Nelson likely he he lost his starting job just as quickly as he earned it with a bad bad game here. Uh, Fitz is a wide receiver one for me. Floyd is a wide receiver three versus Minnesota. Yeah, this is a really interesting matchup for me because I think that these two teams are actually very similar in, in quite a few aspects. I, I think both teams have very good defenses, um, but at the same time, both of their offensive lines and their quarterbacks are just really struggling right now. Um, it's, it's interesting because I really see this as kind of a mirror matchup. So for me, uh, Carson Palmer, he's outside my top 12 quarterbacks, couldn't get it done at home against San Francisco. Um, and, you know, d- despite Minnesota's defense not looking so hot lately, uh, Palmer hasn't done great under pressure. I don't know that you can trust him on the road at Minnesota. Uh, of course, you're starting David Johnson. Larry Fitzgerald, he had an MRI on his knee, and reports sound like he's going to be fine for Sunday's game. But um, even so, he's just going to be a low-end wide receiver one. I think he'll get plenty of those short targets for Palmer to get the ball out quick. But Again, the Vikings defense still playing relatively well. I don't see that you're going to, or I don't see like a huge game for Larry Fitzgerald. Um, And then again, I'm not sure what's going on with the Cardinals wide receiver rotation. Michael Floyd made some spectacular catches. Um, I don't trust him then more than a flex play, especially against Minnesota. But certainly he's always had that upside. Uh, If you have room on your bench in a deeper league and you really need wide receiver help, um, he really came on last season in the second half after recovering from a hand injury. Um, we could potentially see him get hot again in the second half of this season. Uh, certainly, he's always had that physical talent. Um, has just been inconsistent. So we'll see about Michael Floyd. He's a very talented man, but so is John Brown, and he's he's buried in the depth chart right now. Yeah, who knows? Um, what about the Minnesota side here? <laughs> Well, Minnesota put together a whopping zero points 
against Washington's defense other than the second quarter. Um, they lost four in a row. They will probably lose five in a row here. They did not run the ball well. They got away from it with only 20 rushes between the three backs for a whopping 36 total yards. Um, Diggs is getting a ton of work, though. He came on as a solid wide receiver, too. 13 catches on 15 for 164 yards. He will, of course, be limited by this Arizona secondary. Um, Rudolph is one of many startable tight ends who can give you between zero and 15 points. The rest of this offense is on the bench for me. Yeah, I mean, you certainly don't feel great starting any Vikings players outside of Diggs and Rudolph. Um, and really, the new the new offensive corner change has helped him because Pat Shermer is basically using a ton of short passes to kind of negate the pass rush because of how poorly this offensive line is playing. Um, yep. You know, Diggs is going to be high on wide receiver too now in PPR, kind of like a Jarvis Landry or an Eli Rogers on crack. Uh, you know, and, and I think that Kyle Rudolph is still going to be very much involved. He's a back end tight end one for now. Um, and the only guy, other guy I'd maybe consider um, as a flex is Matt Asiata. He's going to be the guy at the goal line. And, and, you know, he'll be an okay flex play if he scores. Um, he should get multiple chances. We see them just kind of run it up the middle with him. Uh, and he'll get a couple catches here and there in PPR as well to help you out. I, I could see him getting like, again, not great production, but eight, nine points in PPR any given week. Oh yeah, in a desperate swing for the fences, he's the he's the running back to choose. Yeah, and we have yet to see one of those uh, you know signature Matt Asiata three touchdown games, so we'll see. Yeah, we won't see it this week either. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, give me Arizona <laughs> on the road. I think Arizona is going to come in and not not really take care of business, but you know just get beat up just just enough to just eke away with the victory. Yep. Um, next matchup here we're going to talk about is Miami at LA. Miami steals a win in San Diego where San Diego blows another fourth quarter late uh, pick six from from Philip Rivers to seal it. Tannehill managed the ball better against the poor pass defense, 240 yards for two touchdowns. Ajayi came back to earth with a still solid 19 carry 70 yard day. Damien Williams actually nabbed two touchdowns, one rushing and one through the air. Very fluky. Of course, I am not uh, recommending starting him, especially against LA. Ajayi is a higher end running back two here. Uh, Parker five catches for eight uh, uh, on eight targets for 103 yards. Good for him. That's great. It's not repeatable this game. Landry, six catches on six attempts for 53 yards. He hasn't been great since Ajayi became effective. Um, there was a fluky deep connection to Stills, and that was the entire offense. All that said, they may somehow put together a five-game winning streak, which is amazing to me. The Miami Dolphins have won four straight. Yeah, um, you know, Jay Ajayi is really the only solid fantasy starter right now on this team. He's a mid-end RB2. Uh, certainly the, the strength of the Rams defense is that defensive line, but Matt Forte did all right, so we'll see. Uh, I think Ajayi's fine. Um, that's really about it. You know, you mentioned Damian Williams. He's an interesting handcuff and, and maybe a desperation flex play. Again, the touchdowns uh, this past week, the two touchdowns were kind of fluky, but he has scored four times in the last four games. Um, the Dolphins like using him in the red zone. Uh, to me, he's kind of like a Mike Gillisley or a Bilal Powell type of player in fantasy. He's going to be in a handcuff if anything happens to JJ, but he's also going to get some some big plays here and there. Uh, Again, inconsistent standalone value, but he will have his weeks. Do you think they'll really go to just a one-back system if Ajay, if Ajay goes down or something versus the other six running backs that are on the roster? 
I think they're going to go back to that hot hand approach. But if uh, if Damian yeah. Williams plays well, I, I think that he would be the lead back. It's worth a look. I mean, there's a reason he's the one out there now. Sure. Sir, again, certainly not a must own or anything like that, but uh, just an interesting guy to keep your eye on. Yeah. On the uh, in the L.A. Rams, Gurley did not dominate in this matchup that he should have. I was wrong there. I think it's really coaching's fault in part. Early in the game, they were at the one yard line. They brought Cunningham in to rush for a negative yard. Then they followed up with two throws from the two yard line. No touchdown. Give me a break. Gurley's a running back too, and it's disappointing. Um, again, I'm done talking about this team. But. Yeah, um, I mean, of course, Todd Gurley has been disappointing based on where you drafted him. But uh, let, let's be honest here. He's still been a running back too uh, for the season. I think in PPR, he's been what? Uh, maybe like running back 15 or 16, something like that. Um, but uh, you certainly don't love it. I don't know. He's not running back two. He was my running back two. Well, okay. Uh, again, you know, like I'm saying, like, yes, you're disappointed based on where you drafted him, but likely he's not the reason that your team is is losing horribly because he's been putting up numbers. They're just not exciting numbers. They're just consistent RB2 numbers, right? He should have had a touchdown from the one-yard line. There's, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> I agree. I understand more, what you're saying. Six more points that game. Um, again. Jeff Fisher sucks. Well, I'm sorry. I that mean, was lashing out. That was mean. He no, doesn't suck. No one, no one's debating that. Uh, you know, Certainly, I don't understand why they, they're talking about extending him. I, I feel like... With, with this opportunity moving to a new city, this is the perfect opportunity to get a new head coach. But who am Fresh I? Fresh start. Who am I to uh, to tell the Rams what to do? Um, and then the only other guy I would mention here is Kenny Britt. He's actually a wide receiver too in PPR right now for the season. Um, I think he's a worthwhile flex play, you know, or a wide receiver three type. Uh, he's going to be inconsistent, but. For the most part, uh, he's been doing pretty well. Kenny Britt has scored fewer than 12 points in PPR only once in the last six games. So he's got a relatively high floor. Um, and Miami's secondary can definitely be beaten, uh, even by Case Keenum. Yeah, they, they can, definitely. They won't be, though. Miami wins 10 points to no, 13 points to 10. I don't know. I, I think that Jeff Fisher is going to dial up some blitzes here. He's going to really, you know, just focus on stopping the run game, force Tannehill to throw those crazy long touchdowns to Stills if he if he can. Uh, I, I'll actually take uh, the Rams in a low scoring game. All right. Speaking of low scoring games, New England, who should be angry right now, rolls into San Francisco. This may be low scoring for one side of the football, at least, but New England might might just hang 50 just out of pure anger and frustration. Uh, no touchdowns for TB12 versus Seattle. I don't think that translates to this game whatsoever. He always comes back strong. A great day for Blunt, though. 21 carries, 69 yards, and three touchdowns. Bennett had seven catches for 102 yards. Edelman, seven catches for 99 yards. And a solid enough game for Gronk and White. Um, both gave you value. Of course, Gronk's uh, experienced a punctured lung in this game after Cam Chancellor, who has been back from injury, came and you know popped him in the chest and popped him so hard that he Put a rib right through his lung. How nice is that? What a great guy. Thank you, Cam Chancellor. Always high potential, though. Gronk could have had seven more points in that last play of the game. Um, I like the entirety of New England. 
Yeah, uh, I was not happy last night, and I can guarantee you neither was Bill Belichick. Uh, 49ers are going to get put in a body bag this week by no fault of theirs. Um, uh, quick quick note to all those Seattle fans out there saying that, you know, they're happy they got their revenge on the Patriots. Uh, I read something interesting online earlier that kind of sums up my feelings on it. Uh, basically, for Seattle, it's kind of like keying someone's car uh, in retaliation for killing your family. So enjoy your enjoy your little moment there, your little win. Um, yeah, uh, like like you said, you're starting all your Patriots. End of story. Um, the one thing is James White can be faded. Uh, he's just a flex play now in RB four territory. He really hasn't been very involved as of late. Um, and again, I think this is going to be a Legarrette Blunt game against a bad San Francisco run defense. Um, and then another reason that I'm really fading James White is Deion Lewis. Uh, he, he'll likely see his first touches of the year in this game. Um, he was activated this past week, but was inactive. Or he, I should say he was activated off the pup list, but he was inactive for the Seattle game. Um, but I expect him to start getting some work in these next couple of games here. Uh, another reason to fade James White. Um, and then, like you said, uh, you know, Gronk potentially suffered that punctured lung, uh, supposedly uh, will miss at least one game, it sounds like. Uh, but, you know, if he's out, then Martellus Bennett instantly becomes a, a top five or six tight end. We're, uh, we're getting pretty grim on the podcast this week, huh? Murdering families and... <laughs> that's, and... Uh, that's just a comment that I read online. Uh, what, listening not... to Fallout Boy and... <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, football, football is full of just raw emotions, all right? That's, that's it's what it's all about. It's an emotional game. It's a very emotional game. Yeah, this is true. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, the one other thing is, I, I just want to hear your take on this real quick from a non-fantasy sure. perspective. Do you think they should have ran LeGarrette Blunt again on fourth and goal on that last play of the game? I think they should have run LeGarrette Blunt on third and fourth down on that last play of the game. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt was an inch away when Cam Chancellor pulled him back on, I think it was second and goal. I, I have zero doubt in my mind that I think he could have punched that in. To quote the, uh, I think it was uh, Madden 2006. He's a big, big, strong man. There you have it. Um, San Francisco. You were here first, folks. <laughs> yeah, San Francisco side. Uh, no, not a whole lot to talk about, huh? Um, there, there really isn't. Um, they almost stole one in Arizona. They're not going to have this luxury. Nothing stands out for me offensively. Um, Hyde returned from injury, but only 13 carries for 14 yards, uh, zero on one receiving curly seven for seven with 71 yards and a touchdown after disappearing for four weeks. So uh, clearly, you know what I'm going to say? I'm not excited. Kaepernick had 55 yards rushing and a touchdown. Um, I don't trust him. I don't like him. I don't trust him. You won't find me touching this team. Yeah, I don't know. I think Colin Kaepernick is an interesting quarterback streamer. Um, again, yeah. I'm certainly not expecting uh, San Francisco to win this game, but kind of like Blake Bortles, I, I expect a lot of garbage time every week for San Francisco. Uh, I think New England's going to dominate this this game, but we saw, excuse me, uh, we saw that one of their problems in that Seattle game is they really can't generate much of a pass rush. I think that the one place to attack New England is that their defense is somewhat suspect. Um, of course, Colin Kaepernick is not Russell Wilson, um, so he may disappoint in this game, but he does have that rushing upside, and, and that's kind of a floor that uh, you know gives him week-in, week-out you know, fantasy value. So uh, again, I think uh, he's a decent streaming quarterback if you're in need. 
And then Carlos Hyde, he's going to get usage even in blowouts. We see that Chip Kelly is just going to keep trotting him out there. So he could definitely get some garbage time catches or even a touchdown here too. Um, and then the one other consideration maybe is Vance McDonald as a tight end two in PPR. Uh, I, I feel like he's a beneficiary of uh, Colin Kaepernick's gar garbage time drives as well. Yeah, I don't like any of that. Okay. Yeah. So again, certainly, certainly not your preferred starters, but again, I'm, disen I'm disenchanted with this team. Okay. Um, oh, you are not disenchanted by Odell Beckham, who is catching everything tonight. Um, but yeah, obviously New England here. Yeah. Patriots. All right. Philadelphia versus Seattle in another battle of the birds. Uh, that was confusing. Where did Sproles go uh, for the second half? Matthews had 19 carries, 109 yards, two touchdowns. Sproles, two carries for 19 yards with eight catches for 57 uh, yards. I don't like the inconsistency. It really scares me away. I don't know what to make of this other than my, my thought is still that Sproles is valuable in a PPR, probably a high-end running back three in a PPR. But if you're desperate, if you're a desperate Matthews owner, he's still getting the goal line work, like an Asiata type guy, a much a much lighter, you know, not as heavy, not a goal line back really type of guy, but a better goal line back than Darren Sproles, I guess. Um, Jordan Matthews and Ertz have been at the lead of this pass attack lately, but that's also been wildly inconsistent until the past two weeks. Uh, I'll be honest, Mung, I don't know what to do with this team. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, in, in PPR leagues, at least, Darren Sproles is still the running back I want. Uh, his his usage is going to be the most consistent of the of the three, um, and especially against Seattle, I see them running or I see them not running the ball with a a huge amount of success, despite how well their offensive line has played. Um, I just don't see the team faring so well in general. Um, while Carson Wentz has generally played well this season. Uh, he's still a rookie, and and you can you can bet that Seattle is one of the worst places to to learn that lesson. Um, mm -hmm. I expect some dump offs to Sproles, and and I, I think there's going to be a plenty of target volume as well for Jordan Matthews and Zach Ertz in PPR. Um, I just don't know that their ceilings are very high. Uh, and then again, um, for me, Ryan Matthews, he's still a, a high end flex player, a low end RB two. Again, the usage is so inconsistent, but he does seem to be the goal line back, and, and really this running game is starting to come together, so he's definitely got value. Um, and then the one other note is Zach Ertz is really starting to come on. If the Eagles are going to commit to targeting him more often, then you know right now he's a high-end tight end two in PPR, even with lowered expectations against Seattle. Um, it might be a good time to buy on him after this game if he struggles because I do think that they're going to try and involve him more going forward in this offense. It's a big if I thought they were going to involve him ever since he's been there. You know, people were naming their teams after him. He was so sought after. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're certainly not wrong there. I, I guess I'm just willing to give this new trend uh, a chance. Yeah, that's that's what we do. Follow trends. I, I think you're probably right here, but I'm not excited about it. Something I am more excited about is the Seattle offense, though. 
Uh, Russell Wilson is back. This may just be his career trajectory. Significantly better second halves. Uh, this game, 350 yards, three touchdowns versus New England. Uh, Christian Michael with, with an injury. Procise filled in well enough. 17 carries, 66 yards, plus seven catches for 87 yards. Uh, I guess I should say better than well enough. Quite well, really. Uh, worth an own for certain. And definitely worth a start if uh, if uh, Rawls and uh, Michael aren't playing this game. Um, I guess in that instance, he'd be a low-end uh, low running back one for me. Uh, same song and dance with the wide receivers. Graham and Baldwin start, of course. Baldwin uh, with another, another three touchdowns here. He's sort of a touchdown machine. Sort of annoying. Um, I love Lackett's talent, but he just isn't consistent enough. He's young, and he's got that Doug Baldwin guy in his ear. Uh, Rolf may be back, which can cloud the backfield situation, of course. Um, but this this is a team, you know, play them. This is a good team. Yeah, and I think that it's safe to say that the, the window to buy low on Russell Wilson, whether it's in redraft or in dynasty, has now slammed shut for the season. Um, he looks healthy and mobile, which is really the big limiting factor that he was struggling with. Um, he's that guy that needs to scramble around a little bit uh, or, you know, kind of buy time in the pocket. And really, I have him as a top five quarterback again for the rest of the season, uh, you know, this week uh, and going forward. Um, and then reports are that Thomas Rawls, uh, it sounds like he's going to return this week. Um, but to me, this still makes CJ Procise the most valuable of the three Seattle running backs in PPR leagues. Um, I think that he's going to be the most involved in the passing game as well as getting a few carries here and there. Uh, for me, uh, CJ Procise is nearing that high-end running back three, low-end running back two territory in PPR leagues. So we saw him get 87 yards through the air uh, on seven catches. That's that's good wide receiver numbers, and he is a converted wide receiver, so he's a very good pass catcher. Um, and yeah, I don't know that you can trust Kristen Michael or Thomas Rawls. They're going to be splitting a ton of work. Uh, I, I don't know that you can trust either one of them. And then I think this is, again, uh, the same with Russell Wilson. The, the buy low window is also shut on Doug Baldwin. Um, he's not a, a spectacular physical athlete by any means but he certainly has that chemistry with russell wilson he's the guy kind of like an aaron Rodgers, jordy nelson connection um, especially when it gets wide open in the back of the end zone with nobody within seven yards of him yeah i i, I can guarantee you some uh, some heads are gonna are gonna roll from mr belichick uh from mm -hmm. that play but uh yeah so doug baldwin he's back in that low end wide receiver two territory week to week and then jimmy graham of course the top five tight end option you know who else was a converted wide receiver into running back, right? Hmm. Who? David Johnson. Was he? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I might have forgotten that. Uh, that doesn't sound uh, new to me, but interesting. Or, I mean, though, it does right? sound new to me. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if I'm comparing the two, but I guess I sort of pretty directly am. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, CJ Procise doesn't quite have the size that Johnson is. No, no, no. I don't no. know that he's ever going to be a workhorse, but certainly uh, he has that, uh, you know, Gio Bernard upside. That je ne sais quoi. Fancy. Um, give me Seattle. Uh, the Seahawks will, uh, will beat the birds, the Eagles. See, Seahawks are birds. All right, uh, okay. Sunday night football, Green Bay at Washington. This is going to be sure. A good game. I've been waiting all day for Sunday night. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was was very happy about that Green Bay loss. Certainly, uh, warmed my heart to see that. 
Yeah, you've all, we've all heard that misery loves company. Uh, I was reveling in that 47-point beatdown from Tennessee. Um, Starks returned this game, and uh, it honestly dug into more of Montgomery's role than I thought it would. Now, that may have been due to them still letting him recover from that sickle cell issue. I really don't know. I, it was just really surprising to me, especially with them having to play catch-up all the game. Um, Ty Montgomery has been good this season. James Starks has never really been your catch-up back. He's not, you know, he's not near as dynamic as Montgomery. He's he's basically a journeyman running back. Um, this may have been more of Rodgers having to press downfield uh, versus throw the underneath passes also. Uh, I, again, like all the Green Bay options. Of I don't like them, but I'd start them in what should be a high-scoring event in Washington, except the tight end position, which has disappeared. I, I don't see Starks as a startable cut commodity in this offense just yet, though. Um, this showing from Jordy, by the way, is why you don't give up on your stars too early. 12 catches on 18 targets, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, um, Rodgers is a QB1, Jordy is a wide receiver one, and then I guess James Starks is a flex play. Uh, I wouldn't drop Ty Montgomery just yet, but, you know, if Mike McCarthy wants to go back to old man Starks, there's certainly nothing we can do about it. Uh, again, would not drop Montgomery, but... If he has another week with this low of a snap count, then then by all means, I think it's time to dump him. Um, he's on the bubble. Yeah, and, and Los, I'll admit you were right on Devontae Adams. Uh, he's much Booyah! <laughs> he's much improved from last year to this year, and he's a solid low-end wide receiver too right now, arguably ranked week-to-week -week above Randall Cobb. Um, but I do think that Cobb is going to have his weeks as well. They're kind of going to alternate those big weeks uh, I, I think Cobb is still an upside wide receiver three or flex play for me yep like I said start trot them all out there except I don't love Starks but you know uh, on the Washington side of the football um, despite beating Minnesota Washington has a lot of trouble finishing drives with uh, touchdowns that game which should not be as big of a task versus Green Bay's defense I like Kirk to have another two plus touchdown day with Deshaun Jackson likely returning to play Garcon actually had the most targets this game with six catches on 10 targets for 81 yards but Crowder came up with the touchdown in four catches for 37 yards on six targets um, uh, Crowder's a flex play if Deshaun Jackson's back. I think he maintains his value, and especially in a PPR. Uh, Jordan Reed was limited to two catches on four for 41, which I think was a product of defensive scheming. Look for a big-time rebound this week versus Green Bay. And uh, on the running back front, Robert Kelly looked like a legitimate starter in Jones's absences, um, only seeding four carries to, to Chris Thompson, 22 carries for 97 yards. He's a running back, too, for me this week. He, he's, he's not exciting. He's not flashy but he makes it work um i don't know for so for me i agree on kirk cousins i think he's gonna be a low-end qb1 here um but for me i would preach caution on rob kelly this week uh, for me he's just a flex play um one washington's offensive line not quite as good as tennessee's um and then two green bay's run defense is actually still really good of course that first play from scrimmage um, for the Titans, DeMarco Murray busted out that you know 75-yard touchdown run. Um, but really, after that, he only he had 16 carries for only about like 40 yards. So Green Bay's run defense still very good. They just gave up that one big big play at the very beginning. Um, so I would definitely not be that optimistic about Robert Kelly. Certainly, I think he keeps the starting job, but I just don't think he has much of a ceiling this week. 
Um, and then, of course, uh, Jordan Reed should do very well against Green Bay, definitely giving up a ton to the tight end position. See Walker, comma, Delaney. Um, and then, really, um, Washington kind of like Atlanta, instead of kind of keying in on one player, in this case, Jordan Reed, uh, they're happy to spread the ball around, uh, you know, take that pressure off of Kirk Cousins. I think Jamison Crowder is the only wide receiver I would trust to play as a flex. Um, he and, you know, Cousins are really doing pretty well, uh, you know, connection-wise, but he's still going to be somewhat inconsistent for fantasy. Certainly got the touchdown this past game. Um, but give me Washington in a close game. Yeah, give me Washington. I think they'll I think they'll beat him by a touchdown. And that's what I t- – what did I tell you? They're the Pepsi to, to New Orleans Coke. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. Say what? It's exactly what you just said. No, I was comparing them to Atlanta, not New Orleans. But I, but I, I, I see your point. But you can compare Atlanta to New Orleans like that. Okay. Although, although I don't really follow that comparison as much because I think Atlanta's more like Pittsburgh than New Orleans, personally. Yeah, I think that's not a bad comp. All right. Anyways, tomatoes, potatoes. Uh, Washington beats Green Bay, and I and I get happy. Go, Captain Kirk. I hope so. Houston rolling into Oakland for Monday Night Football. Brock Osweiler. Here's a stat line for you: fourteen completions on twenty-seven attempts for ninety-nine yards, two touchdowns, one sack for seven yards. Take a second and drink that in, man. Ninety-two yards passing and a victory. Now, Oakland's defense is bad, as we well know, but so is Brock Osweiler. Uh, Miller's a running back one this week. I think he'll look towards getting back a, a bigger percentage of the work. I think they've been cautious with him, cautious with him healing up. 15 carries for 83 yards here with zero pass targets. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, five catches for, on 13 targets for 48 yards. Not a great day, but he's still 13 targets, of course. Fedorowicz, three, uh, three of five for 26. I still think he's worth a look here versus Oakland's defense. If Fuller plays, I like him as a lot of ticket, but with significant Osweiler-laden reservations, and those are magnanimous reservations, unfortunately. Yeah, um, Lamar Miller, He for me, he's a high-end RB2 simply because of the volume, and he's got that burst. Um, certainly could see it against Oakland here. And then DeAndre Hopkins, just a wide receiver three at this point in the season. 13 targets, but only five catches for 48 yards. That is not a good stat line. Um, of yeah, course, but against Oakland, I think it I think it gives him the lift. Yeah, I mean he's got upside, but but how much do you trust him? It's still it's still Brock Osweiler throwing him the football. Uh, honestly, I might prefer Case Keenum at this point. Yeah, I mean, um, it's not a bad point. Yeah, so they should give it a shot. <laughs> who knows? Um, but the the other one thing I did bring, want to bring up is that Houston's kind of gone back to that tight end by committee, which really eats away at CJ Fedorowicz's value. Um, yeah. He got five targets, the most out of the tight ends, but Steven Anderson nipping on his heels with four targets and got the touchdown. And then Ryan Griffin, only one target, but he stole the other touchdown. Uh, really, uh, the, t- the Houston tight end position as a whole has a ton of upside, but as long as they're employing this committee, it's really going to be inconsistent. Fedorowicz is back to that inconsistent tight end to territory yeah on the flip side oakland has had over two weeks to prepare for this game they better be ready i'm looking for a big day from this offense car crabtree cooper latavius are all full systems go for me yeah um i don't i don't really have a whole lot to add there car uh, low end qb1 
Cooper, a low-end wide receiver one. Crabtree, a low-end wide receiver two, but certainly with upside in this matchup. Um, and Latavius, he's a even even in a decent matchup, I, I still hesitate to trust him too much. Again, some of those touchdowns have been kind of fluky. I would put him as a low-end RB2. It's difficult. He definitely has flashes of Ryan Matthews' sort of usage, but I, I, I do like him as a solid running back, too. He's still producing. He's making it work. Um, I'm looking for Oakland to roll this team. Yeah, uh, Oakland at home after a bye in prime time. This is, this is Jack Del Rio's time to shine. Speaking of a bye, four bye teams this week, Atlanta, Denver, New York Jets, San Diego. Just to run through them quickly, uh, Atlanta, this was a bad game for Matt Ryan. You can't win them all. Tevin Coleman was held out for his hamstring. He'll get a chance to heal up this week. An all-around poor offensive showing. All-around poor offensive showings I can't really make much of. Um, Denver had a lucky break for, with returning that missed PAT. Just amazing. Uh, this team needs a breather. Simeon completely sucks. Uh, at least Demarius Thomas got a touchdown here on eight catches. Um, Booker and Bibbs had a 24 carry to seven carry split. Um, Bibbs did get more work. Kubiak did not lie. Uh, I just thought it'd be more of a split than that. Uh, I think Booker's got a good, good handhold on this job. Um, New York Jets, Petty had the start, which is about, he, he did about what I expected versus LA, 163 yards for a touchdown and an interception. The hook and ladder touchdown uh, really was the only score they put up. Um, Forte's the only realistic fantasy option in there with Bryce Petty. Marshall's, I guess, a low-end right receiver, too, for name, value, and potential and talent, but I really don't love it. This team has gone to absolute crap. Um, San Diego, no team needs a breather more than San Diego right now. Another blown fourth quarter. Four interceptions for Phillip Rivers with a pick six to lose to Miami. Um, though Gordon was, again, effective as a workhorse. He's he's a borderline wide or a running back one basically every game this week, and they had a pretty nice schedule um, heading into the playoffs. So, you know, keep, keep an eye on them. Um, they just need to make that fourth quarter black magic stop happening against them. Yeah, it'll it'll happen eventually. They just really need to kind of get it together. Um, and they're like the inverse uh, the inverse Tebow Broncos. Yeah, or or the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Um, okay, so with these four teams on by, here are some positional starters that you're going to be losing here: Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers at quarterback, uh, Devontae Freeman, and it sounds like Tevin Coleman's going to be back after the bye. Devontae Booker, Matt Forte, and Melvin Gordon as well at running back. Um, and then wide receivers, you're going to be missing Julio Jones, Samaris Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Brand Marshall, even though he's been just awful the last few weeks, uh, you won't be able to start him. Uh, probably don't want to anyway at this point. Yeah. Um, and then Tyrell Williams and Dontrell Inman. And then at tight end, really, just Antonio Gates. So yep. a few bi-week replacement options to consider. You got Blake Bortles at Detroit. Again, he's been dropped in some leagues. He's been bad, but he's going to have that garbage time script. Uh, Tyrod Taylor at Cincinnati, quietly been a top 10 fantasy quarterback, averaging 20 fantasy points per game, excluding um, his bad start uh, week one at Baltimore. Uh, still unknown in a ton of leagues and should not be. Um, and then we mentioned earlier Colin Kaepernick against New England. Again, uh, has that rushing upside um, and then certainly will have plenty of garbage time in this game. Uh, we mentioned Kenneth Dixon. Uh, again, Chris Ivory and Dwayne Washington in, in that matchup. Uh, Jacksonville wants to run the ball more, um, and so does so does Detroit. I think both guys are going to get some goal line opportunities here. 
Um, and then Damian Williams, I mentioned him as a Bilal Powell-type role um, in this offense, has scored four times now in the last four weeks. They certainly use him in the red zone. Uh, if you're really desperate for running back help, he's worth a look. And then we mentioned, too, Kenny Britt has been a wide receiver, too, in PPR. Um, has a relatively high floor, only scored fewer than 12 PPR points once the last six games. Uh, and then also the Pittsburgh wide receivers, Eli Rogers out of the slot, and then Sammy Coates as well. Uh, it's Cleveland, so both could get some big targets against a, a pretty bad secondary. Um, and then Pittsburgh needs that dominant win, could see a lot of PPR upside for Rodgers and a couple big plays for Coates as well. Um, and then one other guy that we didn't really talk about, but he's back from his high ankle sprain, got a touchdown for Baltimore in the last game, Steve Smith. Um, not owned in a good amount of leagues, averaging seven targets the last two games after coming back from injury. Um, always a go-to target for Flacco when both are healthy. And then also a guy who came back from injury, Eric Ebron. He's also averaged seven receptions on the la on nine targets the last two games from returning from injury. Um, Detroit was on bye this past week, so you can pick him up maybe when uh, other people have forgotten about him. And then we also mentioned Cameron Brait. He's getting consistent targets with Vincent Jackson out, and Winston looks for him in the red zone. Uh, one defense to note, uh, Miami. The defensive line is coming together. Uh, they've been dominating the last few games, and this team kind of looks like the light bulb has come on, and they get Case Keenum this week, so worth a shot. Yeah, Dominican Sue, Cameron Wake. I mean, they, it was only a matter of time before they made things happen. Uh, to bring you into the injuries that occurred this week, um, mentioned Jordan Howard, who had an ankle and or Achilles. Uh, John Fox, in a in a very odd turn of events, he usually says absolutely nothing and just lies. Um, said that he, that Howard had this injury, uh, where Jordan Howard, when asked, said, no, nah, there was no injury. What are you talking about? So I don't know what sort of lies are going on in Chicago, I, I, and, and I don't really care. Um, Jacquez Rogers' foot is still hurt, which does not matter because Doug Martin is back, the Duggar not, the muscle hamster. Um, you know who you're rolling out there. Uh, Elshon Jeffrey missing four games, not due to injury, but steroids or something. I don't have the answer to that yet, but just know that he's out for the next four games. Gronk puncturing that lung in that game because of Cam Chancellor's. Uh, I mean, he smacked him. It wasn't dirty. I wish I could say it was dirty, but he just put a good solid hit on him. Um, I, I expect Gronk to miss this game. I do hope that his lungs re-expand, heal themselves, and uh, the bruising heals up. No more, no blood pooling or anything like that. Hopefully, that can resolve itself um, within the next week possibly two weeks. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald uh, did get a knee MRI. I, there is no report on it yet, but do keep an eye on that. There's at this point, I don't think there's reason to believe he's going to miss, but, but just keep your ears open. As I always say, he might, you know, th there might be some crazy finding on it. Yeah. And to wrap up the show here, um, a few more uh, priority free agent or waiver wire ads here. Um, CJ Procise, again, huge involvement in the passing game, and he's running the ball well. Um, the offensive line and the, the Seattle offense in general are really coming together now. Uh, Rob Kelly, again, played well against Minnesota and should remain the starter uh, over Matt Jones. But again, uh, just preaching caution, the, the Green Bay run defense still very good um, for this week. And then we mentioned also Kenneth Dixon and James Starks, uh, both of those guys who are starting to get more and more work in their respective offenses. Um, we also mentioned Dwayne Washington should be the number two running back behind Theo Riddick and should see a lot of the goal line work. Um, Procise has to be your number one running back this week, right? 
Oh, definitely. If he's out there, he's yeah. the he's the number one waiver wire ad in general this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry to mention, I'm kind of going through this in in the order of guys that I would pick up. Um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, and then Dion Lewis uh, again activated off the pup list, even though he was inactive. Um, James White has has played well this year, but he's nowhere near as explosive as Dion Lewis when he's healthy. Um, worth a stash. Again, he was a top five running back in PPR last year. Um, at points per game, that is, of course. Uh, and then again, once again, your your weekly reminder: Derrick Henry still only about half owned in a lot of in a lot of leagues. He's available. Um, again, RB one upside. If anything happens to Marco Murray, we mentioned that Murray is on pace to to basically match his historic 2014 production. So again, you want that production if anything happens to him. Uh, and then one, uh, a couple quick names, Jeremy Langford and Kadeem Carey. Again, we don't know what's going on with Jordan Howard, so these are not priority ads. Uh, but if Howard is out for an extended period of time, both could be decent flex plays. Um, moving on to wide receivers, for me, it's Cameron Meredith. Uh, we saw him do really well with Brian Hoyer, but now with Alshon Jeffrey out, he is the de facto number one guy. Uh, and then Dontrell Inman, he's seen nine targets in each of the last two games with Travis Benjamin out. They get Carolina, Oakland, Cleveland in the fantasy playoffs. Certainly matchups that you like there. Um, we mentioned Eli Rogers. The Pittsburgh receivers have been inconsistent game to game, but Big Ben seems to trust Eli over the middle. He's got decent PPR upside. Um, uh, to your point, we mentioned Robert Woods, Tyrod T- Taylor's favorite target with Sammy Watkins out. Uh, certainly, again, has some upside with defenses focused on stopping LaShawn McCoy in the run game. And then we also talked a little bit about Michael Floyd. Can't trust him, but the upside has always been there. In deeper leagues, certainly worth a look. And then moving on to tight ends, a couple guys we already touched on. Eric Ebron and Cameron Braid, both getting consistent targets, consistent usage, particularly in the red zone. That's what you want out of your fantasy tight end. Both worth a pickup if they're out there. I'm really starting to like Robert Woods um, in this in this Buffalo offense, and Tyrod Taylor's liking him too. Um, one caveat there: Sammy Watkins may end up coming back late in the season. He does have that opportunity. Um, his foot may be healed enough to get him on the field, and I think if he's there, that does put a ding in Woods's value. Um, you may get a shot at adding Inman for absolutely free this week. Um, they're on a buy. His owner might just outright drop him. Yeah, and he's still actually unowned in a lot of leagues as well. So uh, yep. certainly, I think in Yahoo leagues, at least, it's under 15%. There you go. All right. Well, this is going to wrap up our show for this week. Um, hopefully, you are still in contention. We wish you the best of luck. Um, I guess, you know, even if you're not in contention, keep setting those lineups. You don't want to be that guy or that girl in your league that just stops caring and kind of disappears. Um, nobody likes that. And so, uh, yeah, we good hope- way to get yourself not invited again the next year. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, just be a good sport about it. Certainly you don't need to, you know, spend as much time if, if you're definitely out, but at the same time, you know, be, be a good sport. Just don't be that guy. Yeah. And don't just drop your team. Don't do anything stupid like that. I've seen that done before. I've been in amateur leagues where, you know, somebody's like, Oh, Hey, you know, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to drop AJ green. Forget about it. Who cares? Yeah, well, hopefully if you've been uh, listening to this podcast, you are in contention. You are doing pretty well. Um, At least we hope you are. Um, Certainly, uh, again, if you ever have questions, you can reach us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. 
And I'm at FFA underscore Los L-O-S. Uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook, Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. Uh, subscribe to the podcast in the iTunes store or in your podcasting app, the purple one with the white eye, of course. And then uh, I think we're in the Google Play, right, Mon? Yeah, you can subscribe and listen on Android devices through Google Play as well. And of course, uh, if you like to listen to us through SoundCloud, you are certainly welcome to do that. All good options, all good choices. All right. Well, a uh, special edition this week. It's Zeke Elliott's world, and we're all just living in it. Thanks, Elliot. <laughs>